to Psalms chapter 72 tonight. Psalms chapter 72. We're going to read this whole chapter here. It's, uh, it's 20 verses. But this psalm um, is probably the very last psalm that David wrote. Um, this psalm uh, it knows, says at the very beginning of the chapter, a psalm for Solomon. If you remember the story, David, he's about to die. And he's really no longer able to fulfill his duties as king anymore. And his son... Um, I forgot which one it was, but he went and just kind of declared one of his sons went and kind of declared himself king, and he wasn't the one that was chosen to be the king. And Nathan found out about it, and Nathan told Bathsheba to go to David and tell him what was going on. And David, he had a real tough time um, when it came to, I guess, disciplining his kids or leading his children. He just kind of let them run wild. He loved his kids, but he would never do anything. About them, he he made a lot of mistakes parenting with Absalom, with Amnon. He did the same thing, and he's kind of doing it again in this story. And so he went, and uh, Nathan and David and Bathsheba they got together, and they went ahead and they anointed Solomon to be the king of Israel. And then uh, they announced that Solomon was the king while the brother was in the house with his other brothers and sisters, kind of having a party because he was the new king. They're saying, you know, long live the king and all of a sudden he finds out Solomon's just been crowned the king. And boy, he got scared and uh it's kind of a kind of a neat story there. But this psalm here, this is David. It's a psalm or a song that he wrote for his son, who's getting ready to take his place to be the king. And it it says at the very end, the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. So I think it's safe to assume this was probably the last one that David wrote. But it says in verse 1, it says, Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness, and thy poor with judgment. David, he wants his son to be a good king. This is a very important role that he has. And really, this we don't have kings like they did back then, but we do have leaders today in our government, uh, our local governments, our state governments, our national governments. And boy, we need people that will judge in righteousness. And he, and I want you to notice all the things that he says about the poor. About what this king is supposed to do for the poor. It says, And I poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the, to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish in abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before Him and His enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before Him and all nations shall serve Him. For He shall deliver the needy when He crieth, the poor also, and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and needy and shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence, and precious shall their blood be in His sight. And He shall live, and to Him shall be given of the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for Him continually, and daily shall He be praised. There shall be an handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun and men shall be blessed in Him. All nations shall call Him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be His glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and Amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Right here we see just a beautiful psalm that David wrote. That It's really prophetic. These things that he prayed for, uh, many of these things we can read the stories about how they happened in the life of Solomon. Solomon was a great king. He was one that God gave great wisdom to. And during the time of Solomon, 
the kingdom of Israel was the richest that it ever was. I mean, I've never read about another kingdom in any place at any time that was so rich that they didn't even account for silver. It was just nothing. We're not even going to figure out how much we have. It's like stones. That's how rich their kingdom was at that time. Because God blessed Solomon in a great way because he did. He ruled for those first years. He ruled in righteousness and God was good to him and did great things. Much of it was because of David. But notice all the the, uh, references to how he's going to be with the poor. And one of the things that we're lacking in our country today, and even in this community, I really just want to talk about really our town, but unfortunately we have, there's a great deal of oppression of the poor. A lot, there's a lot of it. The uh, definition for oppression is the act of oppressing the imposition of unreasonable burdens, either in taxes or services, cruelty, severity, the state of being oppressed or overburdened, misery. Um, and then this is from Webster's 1828. It gives an example. The Lord saw the oppression of Israel. That's in Second Kings 8. Hardship, calamity, depression, dullness of spirits, lassitude of body, a sense of heaviness, or weight in the breast. Tell you, I've seen a lot of this uh, in my short time in this area. A lot of people that clearly are oppressed. And the Bible says that Solomon, or David, his prayer was that he would break in pieces the oppressor. He'd break them in pieces. I mean, he'd stop them. He'd get rid of these people who take advantage of the poor. Then Solomon would be the king that he would, I mean, he would listen to the cries of the poor. He would care about them. He would do something for the poor and he'd break them in pieces. God hates the oppressor. God hates those who take advantage of the needy. It is wicked beyond belief. And in Amos chapter 4, turn over to Amos chapter 4. I want to read a passage to you there. Amos chapter 4. We see some pretty harsh words again towards oppressors. It says, Hear this word, ye kind of Bashan, that are in the mountain of Samaria, which oppress the poor, which crush the needy, which say to their masters, Bring and let us drink. Notice what he calls them. He said, Ye kind of Bashan. You know what a kind is? A kind is a female, it's a female cow. He's saying he's basically saying, "You fat cows of Bashan, ye kind that are that you're in the mountains of Samaria, you oppress the poor." It says the Lord, verse three, the Lord God has sworn by His holiness that lo, the day shall come upon you that He will take you away with hooks and your posterity with fish hooks. And ye shall go out at the breaches, every cow at the witches before her, and ye shall cast them into this, the palace, saith the Lord. Come to Bethel and transgress at Gilgal, multiply transgression, and bring your sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years, and offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven, and proclaim and publish the free offerings. For this liketh you, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord God. He God's talking about these oppressors that are in Samaria, a group that was oppressing the children of Israel. And God's told Israel, He said, you're like these people. You're like these people that take advantage. They're living up there in the mountains. They're living luxuries. I mean, they're living like a bunch of lazy fat cows. And you're just like them. These people that have oppressed the poor. They've taken advantage. They've gotten, they've gotten rich and wealthy off of poor people. Off of people who are needy. They have lived above what they need and their ways of doing that was causing others to do without much of what they need. That's wicked. Listen, there's nothing wrong with making a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with getting rich. But if you do it off of taking advantage of people in need, off of bringing pain to other people, let me tell you, that's wicked. And God hates that. I have no business... Doing that through dishonesty. It's just wicked. Verse 6, And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and one of bread. That cleanness of teeth. It's basically saying you don't have anything to eat, so your teeth are clean. 
You know, what happens when you're eating steak and stuff? You know, you get that junk in your teeth. God said, I'm giving you cleanness of teeth. You don't have to worry about that. And one of bread in all your places. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. And also I have withholden the rain from you. When there were yet three months to harvest, and I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city, one piece was rained upon, and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Sounds like America. Boy, God does stuff to us all the time. And yet, it's like people don't get right. They don't learn. Verse 9, I have smitten you with blasting and mildew when your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased. The palmer worm devoured them. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have sent you among the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with the sword and have taken away your horses. I have made the stink of your camps to come up under your nostrils. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I mean, it was getting so bad that the place is just starting to stink. It's getting dirty. It's getting nasty. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. For lo, he that formeth the mountains and createth the wind and declareth unto man what is his thought that maketh the morning darkness and treadeth upon the high places of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is His name. I love that. Because you've done this, prepare to meet your God. You're about to die. You are about to be finished. And all this is said after God's kind of comparing them to these kind of nation. These cows, these oppressors of the poor. God hates that kind of thing. There's many other Scriptures that we could go into uh, talking about oppression and just the wickedness of it and what God thinks about it. And really, how it can be done. But you know, I, I, you know, the Lord just really burned me about this because, um, you know, we've been doing what we can to help people in need, and there's a lot of people in need. And I'm not, I'm not here picking on the poor today. And I know a lot of the situations that people find themselves in, they did a lot to get themselves there. But you know what? They also had a lot of help getting there through oppression through people that have put undue hardships on them. Wicked people who are out just for their own greed. For their own gain. They will do whatever it takes. And God hates that. And I want to talk tonight about how to overcome oppression. Because we've got to pass this on to these people if we really want to help them. Because those oppressors out there, they are greater in number than we are. They've got a lot working for them. But I believe people want out of it. But they don't know how to get out of it. They get in these messes. And we're going to talk about some of the things that gets them into these positions. And they just don't know how to escape. And we need to set an example. And we need to be a help because I know we're not the kings. We're not, you know, the mayors and the governors and things. But, you know, we are people that I believe, um, you know, we're not under the oppression of these things. And if we would get more people out of that, it's going to cause these groups to lose their power. And they're going to go elsewhere and find other people that are they can prey upon. And we don't want them. There's some of these people, we don't want them in this community. We don't want them here. And I'm not one of these people that believes in going to the government for everything to get things how we want it. I'm, I'm all about getting people to change their ways, getting people to do the right thing. And when people are doing the right thing, certain businesses aren't going to want to be here because they have none. And one of the big oppressors of the poor I see in this area is the lottery. The lottery. Who do they prey on? They prey on the poor. They take advantage of the poor. If you look at the statistics of lottery tickets and where they are sold, they are a huge percentage of them are sold in the poorest zip codes. You mean you can mark it down. Areas with the highest crime. Areas with the most poverty, that's where most lottery tickets are sold. These people have been convinced through the commercials, through the billboards, just through all the advertisements and things, that, that hey, this is your way of getting rich. And you say, well, those people are just stupid. 
No, they're not stupid. They're oppressed. They're oppressed in spirit. They have that sense of heaviness or weight. They feel like I can never get out of the situation. I've got a couple extra bucks right now. It's not going to do much for me. But you know what? I can go buy that ticket and have the hope of getting rich. And have the hope of getting out of oppression. And statistically, it's just not going to happen. All it's going to do is keep them poor. And it's going to keep them down. And these people that are running this stuff are making a fortune. I don't challenge you to do this, but if you were to go to a gambling casino, you'll find out in these places they spare no expenses on the decorations there. The people running these places, they drive beautiful vehicles, live in gigantic houses. They're doing very well financially. Many of the people driving to these places live in dumps. I knew of one family when I was in LaSalle. I mean, I, I, I remember I went to their house one time and it was one of the nastiest places that you ever saw. It didn't even look fit for a human habitation. And I remember I was talking uh, to the teenage daughter and I asked if her mother was home and she said, no, she's over at Casino Bingo. And I'm thinking, I can't afford to waste my money at Casino Bingo. How in the world? Because that's where they get a lot of their money from. And you know, the sad thing is, is there's churches that have bingo nights and basically use gambling to try to raise money for their churches. That is wicked. That keeps these people down. It keeps them down. And this is, this stuff is really advertised. They got all the pictures of everybody looking all happy on there. And have you ever noticed all the people that they show on the pictures of the lottery winners and stuff? They're pretty normal looking, clean cut people, look like they got to act together, happy people. But you know, when you see people buying the lottery tickets, most of the time, there's some pretty rough looking down and outers. You know, people that are spent, they're in the gas station, and you just want to pay for something real quick, and you gotta wait 20 minutes because they're trying to find all their cigarettes for them, and they're buying their beer, and they're buying their lottery tickets, and it just, and you see that, and it, it breaks my heart. And you say those people are just stupid. No, they're, yeah, that maybe is a part of it, but they're oppressed. They've fallen for the advertisement. They've, they've listened to the lies. And until they figure it out, until we show them this isn't the way to go, they're going to keep doing that. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, if you, if people go back and talk, look at how much money that they've spent on the lottery. It's ridiculous. When I did taxes, I remember I talked to a husband and wife one time. They were, they were an elderly couple. Um, all they had for income was Social Security. And on, you don't have to pay taxes on your Social Security income. But they had went to a casino and had won like $500. And you, got, you have to pay taxes on your gambling winnings. Well, you know, and so they came to do their taxes and everything. And thinking they were going to get hammered, but because of how low their income was, it didn't really do anything. Uh, it, they still didn't have to pay anything on their winnings. But I'm looking and seeing what these people are living on and thinking, and they, are talking, they go to the casinos quite a bit, and they finally won $500. And the lady, she, boy, she, you could tell, heavy smoker. I mean, heavy, heavy smoker. Just real rough boy. She's like... Yeah, we're going for Powerball this year. You don't have enough money to spend on lottery tickets and it's and cigarettes. How do you do that? They've they've been oppressed. Let me tell you, these tobacco companies, filthy, filthy, rich, on the backs of people dying of lung cancer and emphysema and all these diseases, just getting filthy rich. That is not a service that people need. It's not like somebody getting rich off something where they're actually helping people and taking care of things, of somebody who's building something, or somebody who's producing something. It's not like a farmer making money off food that people need to survive. This is off stuff that people do not need at all and should not have. Selling them a false dream that statistically it it's just it's not going to happen. I was another group that takes advantage of people who are going through difficult times. People who are struggling and having a hard time right here in this town. I went on their website. I looked this up to see what the numbers was. The quick cash loans. We've got, there was one, there's one in Sterling. I went on their website and I thought, I wonder what the 
interest rate is on their uh, on their loans. Because the Bible says quite a bit about usury and unjust usury. By the way, he didn't. The children of Israel. I'm not going to take time to go into all the verses, but he did not want them given loans for usury for each other. The loans that they Whenever they got a loan from each other, it was going to be because they were going through a difficult time. Things were tough. Maybe they had a bad year farming and they were hungry and so they would go to their brothers and of the children of Israel and they would say, hey, we need this money to survive. And they were, if they had it, they were supposed to lend it to them and not get rich. Not get gain by usury from their brother. They could from the strangers, but even then they weren't supposed to go Get crazy with it. It wasn't supposed to be too much. They were not to get rich from usury. That was wicked. And we might get into some of those verses later. God didn't want them to do it. But I went and looked and on their own website for a cash advance. A cash advance, also known as a payday loan, is a fast, easy way to get up to $865. At the cash store, we help you get the cash you need and the respect you deserve. All with competitive terms, high approval rates, and no credit required. And unlike many competitors, we give you cash right on the spot. Well, what a wonderful organization. What are your interest rates? I looked it up. 404.11%. Now these are supposed to be quick things. You know, I need money today. My car broke down. I'm getting paid in three days. So I'm, just, or I'm getting paid in a week. I just need this money a little bit early. But if you got a loan, a cash loan for $865, in one week, you're going to pay them $67.22 in interest. In one week. But what if something else happens? And you have a really bad month. I mean, you're going through a tough time. And it takes you a month. You're going to pay them $291.25 in interest. Hey, maybe you get hurt. Maybe you get out of work and something happens and you just need food to survive. you got to pay your rent to keep your lights on. And it takes you a long time. It takes you a year to pay them back. You know how much you're going to pay in interest on an $865 loan at that place? $3,495.55. Now you tell me that that's a legit business. I'm telling you, that's just loan shark stuff. That's garbage. People get themselves in huge trouble going in those places. And you know who go in there? It's people, they're not, they're not stupid, they're desperate. They're going through hard times and they need help. They don't know where to turn. Their family can't help them out. Their friends can't help them out. And here's this place advertising, making it sound so, hey, we can get you $865. With competitive terms. The respect that you deserve. That's not respectful. That's making me your slave. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that kind of stuff's wicked. It's clearly not biblical. Alcohol establishments. I've talked about this before. When I was going in, when I was doing the preservation and going into these empty houses that were bank owned because people, they lost their jobs. They got laid off. They weren't able to pay their mortgage payment anymore. You know what you find in all those houses? Just dozens and maybe even hundreds of empty beer cans. Alcohol establishments. When people get down on their luck, when people get discouraged, you know what many times they turn to? They turn to alcohol. So well, they shouldn't do that. No, they shouldn't do that. But you know what? These people aren't here listening to me preach every week. They're not reading the Bible like, well, you know what they're doing? They're watching the commercials. They're seeing the Budweiser commercials and the Bud Light commercials. They're looking at the beer board, the the uh, billboards, and they're seeing those people on there having a good time and having fun. And all they want is a little bit of happiness. All they want is a little bit of joy. They're oppressed. They have that sense of heaviness, and they and they've been told and convinced that this beer is a little break that you can get from that. But all they are doing is wasting more of their money. They're hurting their health which is going to make it more difficult for them to get another job. It's, I mean, the, the amount of things that alcohol will do to you physically, it's, it's going to limit you quite a bit if you get too involved. And most of the people spending a lot of the money on this stuff are people who are going through hard times. When people lose their jobs, they're there at the bar. They're there drinking. They're going to the stores. They're buying those 24 packs 
a beer. They're they're buying they're buying that whiskey. They're buying that stuff, and these places are selling it to them and taking advantage of it. And I tell you, I've been there where I'll be in a gas station or even Walmart, and you'll some parent will be in there with this kid dressed in rags and buying a couple crummy little things of groceries, buying their kid their next day's breakfast, little Debbie snacks, and buying beer at the same time while their kids are wearing rags for clothes. I saw one time, I was in the grocery store, and this I mean, poor little kid, I mean, just looked malnourished, just the clothes were terrible, and the mom's just there just pumping dollars into this lottery machine. Has beer in her cart. And I'm thinking, this this is just wicked. And I know these people ought to be making the right choices and doing the right things. But I'm telling you, these advertising, it's it's powerful. This stuff's on television. You know, it's funny, they're not allowed to put cigarette commercials on TV. They can't have cigarette billboards and things anymore. But beer's fine. And I think beer's ten times worse than cigarettes. But they're, they're being oppressed. And these places are so rich because of it. I mean, just so filthy rich. The tobacco companies. People, when they get stressed, when they get down, a lot of times they turn to the cigarettes. They turn to the tobacco. What good thing does it do for them? Absolutely nothing. And listen, I'm not a smoker. I've never smoked. I don't know about it. But why is it? Why, why do, when people smoke, why do you have to have all those addictive things in there? I mean, do those things have to be there for it to fulfill its purpose? I mean, I don't know. Or are those things just there so people will have to keep coming back for more? I don't know. I would think that they could make a cigarette that wasn't addictive. But the problem is, I don't think they want to. Because they want people dependent on these things. And it's sad how many people just, I can't quit. I can't quit. I've seen people with holes in their necks smoking cigarettes. They can't quit. They have to put their hand over their throat just to talk and their voice sounds horrible because of the throat cancer that they've had through something that's completely unnecessary and people are filthy rich over those things. And it is, it's horrible. Drug dealers. Hey, you want drug dealers are another group. Scum of the earth. Take advantage. Usually poor people. Any cash they can get their hands on. This is a regular thing that goes on in our country today, and it goes on in our own state is people who are getting the link cards and government cards to buy groceries and things, they are selling those things. And at the price, they get five hundred dollars on the link card, they'll go sell it to somebody for two hundred and fifty. And they can go buy, they'll give them 250 cash, that person can go buy $500 worth of groceries, and that person will take that cash and buy drugs with it. And not be able to feed their kids. And that goes on, I know it goes on in this town. I know it, it's, it's, it's a known fact, it's going on all over the place. I saw a lady in a gas station here in town, took a government card, they wouldn't let her buy cigarettes with it, over the counter, they're not allowed to do that. Boy, isn't our state wonderful? But she was able to go to the gas station worker and said, you know what? Just go to the cash machine, get cash, pay the fees, you know, that they have on there, and then pay cash for the cigarettes. I mean, just, it's horrible what's going on. And I'm, and today, and I know, we could lay a lot of the blame at the feet of these individuals, but I'm telling you, these groups, these organizations are wicked. And boy, we need to do our best to convince people how they need to stay away from that to, if they want to have a better life. These people are oppressing them. They're keeping them down. Another big thing in this town, I've joked about places being as busier than the tattoo parlor in Sterling and Rock Falls. Tattoo parlors. Let me tell you something. You know, people, they, you know, they want to, have a job. They want, they want to be able to get good jobs and things. But you know what? I'm sorry. People do judge you based on your appearance. If you come in all tattooed up all over the place, there's a lot of places that aren't going to want to hire you. If, I'm, I'm sorry. You can go get a swastika tattooed on your forehead at one of these places. They'll do it for you. But you go try to get a job at a lot of places. Go try to get a job at the bank. Go try to get a job, uh, you know, it's one of these better paying jobs. And they're going to look at that. They're going to look at your appearance and say, forget you. And people spend a lot of money on that stuff. And all it does is it hurts their future. It hurts them from getting better jobs. 
I knew I knew kids in the detention home that you know they were too young legally to go get tattoos. So they learned how to do tattoos themselves with regular ink, and they would have these pathetic, I mean, tattoos that looks like some little kid drew on them. And I'm just you guys are just hurting your future. Aren't you ever going to want to get a job someday? Well, people shouldn't judge based on appearance. I'm sorry, they do. People profile. If I see one of you coming walking towards me down the street at night, I'm going to feel pretty safe. But if you're all tattooed up and crazy looking and pierced up and got massive holes all over you, I'm probably running. <laughs> I'm just I'm going to do it. If, if I'm wanting to hire somebody for a job and somebody like you's come walking in and somebody that's all that's just you can tell disrespects themselves and they've just destroyed their body, it's like you know I don't know if I want them scaring my customers away. If I've got a toy store, I don't want them working in there scaring all the little kids. And well, that's illegal. Well, that's stupid for one thing. If it is, we ought to be able to hire somebody that looks decent. But many times, people, and many people know that these people are bad. And they're giving all their money to these people. And there's people that are in oppression right now. And, I mean, so much of what they have is going to these places. And and sadly, these people, you know who they go to for help? And I'm not going to, I could preach a whole other message on this, but they go to the biggest oppressor in the world. And that's big government. Big government. They're always the biggest oppressor known to man. We've got big government. It's very powerful today. And it's because the smaller state and community governments are weak. They're very weak. We've let the smaller oppressors take over. And then we go to the government to get us out of trouble. To bail us out. We've let the alcohol establishments. We've let the tattoo parlors and all these things just take over our areas and corrupt our areas. We've let the drug dealers get in. I mean, we've done things to invite these people in and bring them in and welcome them in. And then we wonder why things are getting worse for us and why we're struggling more financially and why there's more graffiti places, why there's more crime. And it's because we have let these little oppressors come in and keep people down. And if we would get rid of them, it would help our communities and we wouldn't need big government. And once we quit needing big government, they lose their power. And we can be more self-sufficient. We can be happier. We can be better off. And so how do we get how do we do people get out of oppression? Somebody who's already under this and there's so many we see it all the time, what they're going through. How do we get them out? Just, just real quickly, I want to try to go through these things. But we need strong, self-sufficient, self-governing families. We need a strong family unit. Psalms chapter 72, verse 4. Psalms 72, verse 4. I lost my spot. Let's see. I want to read this first to you. We we see a lot. Of, we find it in the Bible, but it says, "He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy. He shall break in pieces the oppressor." Uh, the right kind of government. They care about families. They want to see strong families. I'm not going to go into, it, but I, I did taxes for a year, and our tax code promotes shacking up. It hurts people who are shacking up many times, depending on especially poor people, for them to get married and do the right thing. It will hurt them financially. They will lose a lot of their benefits. They will pay more in taxes. It will hurt them financially. And because a family that's a couple that's not married, that's just shacking up, living together, they're not. That's not God's not going to bless that. That is not what God wants. And our government is, we're facilitating these people. We're helping them. We're basically encouraging them. And now we're trying to make it too where even homosexual couples are considered families just like married people and, and letting them, you know, adopt and giving them the same tax breaks and benefits. And that type of thing is not going to work one bit. It only hurts the family structure anymore. And if these people too, I mean, many of the homosexual groups, they are usually the ones that are the most dependent on the government. 
the ones that I have known, are 100% dependent on the government and they live like animals. And I'm not just talking about their lifestyle as far as their behavior and things, but how they have to live is absolutely disgusting. Listen, what you're seeing on television is not the real thing. If somebody really cared about homosexuals, if they really did care and if they really did love these people, they would be horrified at what our government does to them and by the things they promote and what their programs are doing to them. It is absolutely wicked what they are doing to their kids. They're all drugged up. The couples themselves are drugged up. I mean, they are so dependent. I mean, it breaks my heart what's being done to these people. And the and the thing is, though, even the government sometimes they want it that way because our dependence on them is what gives them power and what gives them strength. When we're not going to them anymore, they go out of business. They, they want us dependent on them, so we will vote for them. Just like the cigarette companies want you dependent on those cigarettes, so you'll have to keep going there and keep buying their product. And we've got to ignore their product. We've got to ignore their program. Stay away from it. First Timothy 5.8, but if any provide not for his own house, especially, or provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. We ought to, it ought to be our desire for us to provide for our families. Proverbs eleven six. The righteous or Proverbs thirty one, I'm sorry, Proverbs thirty one, we see and listen, I believe you know about the man being provided and everything. We're not going to go through it, but Psalms thirty one, let me tell you, the woman plays a huge part in that. Her price, a virtuous woman, is far above rubies. A good wife. I mean it is a very difficult job, one and one who's doing their part right can save thousands of dollars. I mean, and is worth it. It's worth more than rubies. It really is. I mean, we, my, me and my wife, we were talking about it. Uh, we were having trouble getting life insurance for her because of the hepatitis C and everything. We've talked about it. If she dies, I'm in big trouble because I don't make enough money without her to be able to take care of my family. Not even close. I would be in big, big trouble. Because it's true. A virtuous woman priced far above rubies. And we don't have those in the homes anymore. They're being told to go out and get these jobs. That's all that's doing is taking them away from raising their kids. Taking them away from the things that could save money and even make money in the homes. And take, I mean, and doing things that's costing them more money. But we could sit down and do some of the math on it. And I'm telling you, uh, it's, it's sad, but self-sufficient, strong families are what we need. Another thing that these people need, they need strong families and they need a strong moral code. Why do you think immorality is promoted so much? I mean, why do you think that there is so much adultery and fornication and, and sodomy and all those things on the television? Why is that promoted? Why is nakedness promoted in absolutely everything that we see today? Because an immoral society is going to be one that's always poor. It's always going to be one you can keep down. They're always going to be stupid. And you will always be able to take advantage of those people. And a strong moral code, it will keep people... I mean, it will make all the difference. Uh, Proverbs 28, uh, verse 8. He that by... Or no, that's not the one I want. Lost my, lost my spot. It's a Proverbs one. I got so many verses. Proverbs eleven six. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. When you walk uprightly, when you walk according to the scriptures, that's going to get you out of trouble. That's going to deliver you. That's going to make your life better by walking uprightly, by following the Word of God. But when you throw morals out the window, when you get involved in all that wickedness that this world is promoting and acting like is completely normal, you are, it's going to, that is called transgression. And you're going to be taken in your own naughtiness. It's going to get you down. It's going to destroy your marriage, which by the way, costs a lot of money. A lot of money. You'll be spending all your money on divorce, all your money on child support. I worked with an individual that was very immoral. And he was working three jobs because he was paying child support 
for three different kids, two different women. And he never had any money. You know why? He's been taken in his own audience. He wasn't walking uprightly. I was making much less money than him. I just had one of the jobs that he had making the same thing he was in that job. And I was doing better with three kids. You know why? Because I had my wife at home. Because I was the one providing for them. Because just walking uprightly, you will be better off. But morality, it's being thrown out the windows and on television, you'd swear it's normal, it's fine, nothing's going to happen. That's just a lie. It's a lie from these people that that want our money. The one of the other groups I didn't I didn't put it in here, but the pornography industry is a thriving, thriving industry. People just making millions. One of the biggest pornographic distributors is the same company that owns the NIV Bible, which is kind of interesting. I mean, that guy is just filthy, filthy billionaire rich. And you know what? You think he's interested in morals? Selling all that garbage that's corrupting people's minds, that's turning people to perverts, that's destroying marriages? Absolutely not. And if people have a strong moral code, they're not going to go buy that stuff. And you know what? If nobody's buying it, they're not going to sell it. It's just not going to happen. If nobody's buying the beer, if nobody's buying the cigarettes, they're going to have to shut down production. They're going to have to slow production down. It's going to get cheaper to get those things because nobody's buying it. And they're going to not be making as much money. And those businesses are going to close down. Oh, but then we're going to lose all these tax dollars. No, we're going to save a ton of tax dollars because we're not going to have as many drunk driving accidents, not as many hospital bills. I mean, not as much crime going on. I mean, it would solve so many other problems. We'd have money for all kinds of other things. But another thing that will get people out of oppression is, and this is tough, but it's this is just life. And that's hard work. Hard, hard Work. Second Thessalonians chapter three and verse six. I, you can write that down. We're not going to take time to read it, but uh, well, I, I, no, I want to read this first here. I, I need to read this one. Second Thessalonians chapter three and verse six says, "Now we commanded you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us." For yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you, not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an ensample unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, not or working not at all, but are busybodies. One of the things that's going to happen every time when somebody's not busy, when somebody's not working, they're going to get in trouble. When do your kids get in trouble? When they get bored. When they have nothing to do. You know, in many of the communities where there's the gang problems and things going on, you've got people walking around late at night with absolutely nothing to do except get in trouble. Now, here's the thing. If they were out working hard all day, they're not going to be up walking around the middle of the night. You know why? They're going to be too tired. Tell you what, you're not going to catch me out walking around midnight, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm too tired during that time. I mean, I go to work too early. I work too hard all day. I'm going to be using night what it was created for, and that is for sleep. But when people get idle and they're not working, they are going to get in trouble. And boy, you get involved in crime, good luck getting a good job. I'm sorry. You know, go ahead, go ahead, rob a gas station one time. You know, you might get a slap on the wrist, you might not even do a whole lot of jail time, and you might get an extra thousand dollars out of it. But good luck making your first thousand dollars. And you're gonna need a lot more than that to live on. My I mean, crime will get you in trouble. Every time, Psalm 72, verse 14. Psalm 72, verse 14. Let me turn back there again. It says, He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence, and precious shall their blood be in his sight. I think about what's going on in Chicago, and you see these people are being shot every weekend. I mean, in the next few hours, there's going to be shooting going on 
in Chicago. And you hear it talked about in the news, but it's clear that these people don't really care what's going on in their communities because absolutely nothing is being done about it. And these people, their, their blood is not precious. I mean, whenever you hear about if a bunch of people were to go into one of these richer neighborhoods and shoot up a bunch of people, I mean, it would be national news, wall-to-wall coverage for weeks. But it happens in these poor areas and nobody cares. It just it doesn't matter. Oh, more gang shootings going on. More gangbangers going on. The cries of those, they're not precious. In these people, they've been deceived. They've been told that they're in this situation because of oppression from the religious people who look down on them because of their lifestyle, who don't like them because of their skin color. And the very people that are telling them they're oppressed are the ones oppressing them and keeping them down. They're very ones that are promoting their lewd lifestyles. They're promoting uh, their immorality. Are the ones that are uh, they're keeping them down and telling them they're oppressed, and it's ridiculous. And they're not cared for. But another thing too that will get people out of these, of course, strong families, strong moral code, hard work, and then this one, cleanliness and hygiene. You know, I'm not trying to be funny, but you know, in Daniel chapter one, when we went through Daniel, remember they looked, they the, the, the wicked king of Babylon. Hey, we want some wise people. We want children in whom is no blemish. Now, would a tattoo have made Daniel dumber? Not necessarily. As far as I know, injecting ink into your skin doesn't make you dumber. As far as I know, you know, piercing your ears and nose and lip isn't going to lower your IQ in any way. But they wanted children in, that was well favored in whom was no blemish. And that was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys who realized their bodies were the temples of God. And that honored God with their bodies. And these guys, they were greatly used of God that, I mean, did amazing things. Really, just through caring about their bodies, cleanliness, and personal hygiene. I mean, go ahead, go try, go do a job interview, and don't take a bath, and see just how far it goes. Go ahead and try to get respect from people when they're just trying to stay as far away from you as they can because they don't want to smell you. And I think we don't have that problem here. You know, you all smell good, and all look nice and clean. But listen, there's people out there that they haven't learned that. You know, sometimes it might sound mean, but we just, you know, be honest and if, if you gotta get close to them first. Don't just go up to some perfect stranger and say you stink and that's why your life stinks. Alright? Just, you know, hey, say, listen, hey, you're gonna go get a job interview? Well, hey, make sure you use some deodorant. You know what? I'll, let me take you get a haircut. Why don't you go get a nice, let's get a nice haircut. Hey, you know, let's trim that beard or let's shave, shave that face, whatever. Let, let's get you cleaned up. I'll go buy you some deodorant. I'll buy you some soap. Help them out. I mean, it, that stuff's pretty cheap. The Methodist Church here in town, just this week, they started um, a bare necessities program where that's they're helping people with that. With like personal hygiene products. Soap, toothpaste, and all that. Because you know what? These people that are being oppressed, they have decided that cigarettes and beer are more important many times than soap and shampoo and deodorant and Razors and, th- you know, and things like that. And they're trying to help them, knowing that if these people would practice personal hygiene, it would help them get a little farther in life. And then, because the, the last thing that these, the last thing that we see that these people need, the last thing that they really need, if they're going to get out of oppression, is they have to have some self respect. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 28. Says, ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Now, what does a person really think about themselves that gets a swastika tattooed in their forehead? I knew a guy that did that. It wasn't Charles Manson. He looked like Charles Manson. But I thought I, I remember at, I, there was a McDonald's in Peru, and the guy had six 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 tattooed on his neck. You know what if you know. Hey, what if the Lord wants you to run for president someday? Think that's going to help you out? What if the Lord wants you to be a missionary? They're not thinking about that. They're not thinking, I could be the president. 
I could be the mayor. I could be a preacher, a missionary. They don't respect themselves enough. Some of these young ladies that are out there that dress like floozies, that destroy their bodies, that let just any scumbum come along and do whatever to them, they if they had just a little bit of self-respect for themselves, they wouldn't do that. Some bum comes along that looks like he's something that crawled out of a dumpster. Somebody who hasn't worked a job or a day in his life. Somebody who smells and's dirty. Ask them out for a date. They're gonna get out of here, bub. But they have no self-respect, and they'll let these guys ruin their lives, and then they will end up becoming oppressed because they will end up being dumped. They will let that guy get them involved in drugs and alcohol and get them in oppression to where they will become dependent on the biggest oppressor in the world and that's the government. And we've got to set the example and help people out of this mess. I would love to see some of these establishments here in town closed down. The gas stations in Rock Falls, they're not, right now, they're not allowed to sell alcohol. But I'm hearing that that might be changing. And we need to pray that that doesn't. And what we really need to do, I'm not, I'm not planning on going to the government. I'm not planning on doing, I'm not going to go stand outside the beverage store and protest and demanding the mayor shut them down. I don't want the government, even our local government, getting more powerful and more control than it should have. What I want to do is go out and try to reach people with the gospel I want to go out and get some of their customers and see them get saved. I want to go and then show them how these things are wrong and how they're destroying their lives. And those people that used to be regulars over there will no longer be going to those places anymore. I want to see these oppressors. I want to see them lose their homes. I want to see them have to go back to driving. I want to see them driving junky cars like these people that they've been taking advantage of because they went out of business. I'm not talking about the carpenters and the farmers and the you know, the plumbers and people who are doing services that are things we need, you know, the mechanics and the, and the, you know, the laborers. I'm talking about these oppressors that are using wicked things to get filthy rich on. We need to help these places go out of business. Let's reach their customers with the gospel. Let's get these people out of oppression. And you know what's going to happen? Those people are going to go somewhere else. They're going to leave this town. They're going to leave this area. And we will be more blessed because of it. So let's all stand together tonight.